wait up the mic. If I don't hold, I need to hold the mic up. You don't have to. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Father God, I just thank you again for uh, uh, your power and your love and your faithfulness and your fervor and your lordship and, and just who you are in our lives, Lord. I just uh, thank you for Huddle, the tool that you've created. And your bird, God, I just thank you for Demetrius and what you did last week through him. God, we just expect you to do uh, great things and awesome things in each of our hearts. Help them to open our eyes, open our ears, open our soul. Lord, not that we just listen, but we can go out of this room and, and reflect you, Lord, and be like you. God, we love you so much. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Um, last week, you know, my the warden from the Miami Correctional Facility and my supervisor, Mr. Senior, they both came here on last week, and they were just amazed by what God is doing among the men here in Kokomo, this Kokomo community. And I just want to say to you, if you are looking for a job and you are, uh, want to get into uh, uh, correctional uh, work, uh, they are available. And uh, if you want to talk to me even afterwards uh, about some information concerning uh, some jobs, they are available at Miami Correctional. I would also ask, continue to lift up that facility for the staff as well as uh, the incarcerated individuals uh, so that uh, the violence and whatever's going on uh, could cease and it'd be better, a whole lot better for that community as well. Um, it is a great pleasure to be with you today and I do apologize that you don't have any bulletins on your uh, each one of your tables. That is my mistake because I actually forgot, but I believe that uh, God's going to minister to our hearts on today. Um, <clears throat> thank you ladies for serving us. If you just give them a hand. Thank you ladies for just serving us today. And, uh, but on last week, we talked a little bit about love after lockup. Things, and for those of you that missed, basically it was just talking about things that um, if God were to deliver you or help you or encourage you in any way, if he were to free you from an issue or a situation, how would you then behave after God had done it for you? And so today, I really want to talk to you about being on the soul train. Because there, there's two parts of this soul train that I want to minister to your hearts. The first part is, it is those that you are going to pass. Uh, every day, you'll be at Walmart, you'll be at Costco, you'll be at Myers, you'll be at a gas station, you'll be somewhere picking up clothes. You might be somewhere picking up uh, your children or your grandchildren, and the soul train is basically, what kind of car do you drive? A truck. What kind of truck? A Dodge Ram. A Dodge Ram, there's the soul train right there. There's, there's one of the soul trains. So anytime you are in your vehicle, anytime you are in your shoes, you have an opportunity to affect somebody else's life and become a soul train. And I'm not moving. So I guess I will do it by hand because I set it up perfectly. <laughs> 
chapter and if you would yes thank you because this is just not going to work for me today there you go in the book of John go back if you would John the third chapter and the third verse it says Jesus replied I tell you the truth unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of God what do you mean exclaimed Nicodemus how can an old man go back into his mother's womb be born again and Jesus replied I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And there is this uh, born again identity that has to happen with all of us. The first thing, and I need you to understand this from these two scriptures in Philippians and Ephesians. And the first one, it says, he began a good work in you, would carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. One of the problems that I have with uh, uh, people that went to my church because I used to be a pastor and here's one of the biggest problems I had they would come and tell me things that they have done or things that they have said and you know they're smiling at me and they're telling me this story and it's like pastor I just need you to pray for me so I can be helped right and I looked at them and I said well you making this kind of cute because I need all of you men to understand, if you've been born again, whatever it is I can't do, you can't do. Whatever it is I can't say, you can't say. And this notion that there are these tears of being born again, meaning if you take on a title of or deacon or elder, there's this expectation my behavior somehow has to be better than your behavior. But it is not true. There's no scripture that gives you a pass and tells me I got to do certain things. It's one of those things when people talk about homosexuality. I know I'm getting ready to step on a toe here. And so when they talk about homosexuals and they say, I was born this way. And I say, yeah, but what about all the stuff I was born with? Because it's not a matter of what you're born with, because we were all born in sin and iniquity. So I, I know, don't get mad at me. Some of you understand this. Do I believe somebody can be born with a sin? Absolutely, because you was born with some. 
But the problem with that is Jesus made it very clear. You must be what? Born again. So quit arguing with them when they say they got the gene. You got a sin gene too. Just think about the thing that you've been messed up with your whole life. You, he said anger. So his whole life, he's been dealing with anger. And you know what? That's a simple one. I could get real super deep, but it would get too quiet in here when we was going there, right? So we have to understand being born again, even though we're on this soul train, we want to win souls for those that do not know who Christ is. Amen. There's also another issue here, gentlemen. You're still dealing with your issues of walking with God and being born again. And so I want to share with you that everybody in this room has to change. When you look at another man and say, you got to change. Look, look at them. I know you're scared of them. Look at them tell them you got to change. Now, anybody who thinks they don't have to change today, you already got a problem. And I know some of you might be looking at me talking about, well, I don't have, I'm not out having sex, and I don't drink, and I don't listen to rock and roll. Well, guess what? You can be mean. You can be a better person. And so there are things in you that has to change. And guess what? You will be changing till we put dirt on you. Because no one has this thing all down pat and got it all together. And as we walk with people and we want to share the gospel of Christ, do not forget all the stuff we put up with you while you was on the soul train. A lot of times, we start forgetting that, you know, we were some terrible sinners. Now, I, am, I will be 55 years old in another month. I know, man, it's tough, bro. I, I, it makes me mad. I need my just for me. But it got to a point, I got tired of putting it on every three days, so I just let it go. There's special occasions. Right? But the one thing that I have learned in my walk with God, you know, somebody might say, man, I went out all night and I partied till the sun came up. Well, it's easy now since I fall asleep at 7.30 <laughs> to look at them and say, what are you doing out past two? I didn't get more sanctified because I don't go out. Just got a little older now and don't want to go out. So that didn't sanctify me. And I think sometimes we think because we stopped doing something that somehow we became sanctified or better. Amen. And the truth is you just got older and thank God a little more wiser. Because right. how many of y'all know some old fools? <laughs> that. So we thank God for Jesus. <laughs> Look at John the ninth chapter. It says as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who was blind from the birth. And one of the things that you have to understand about this situation 
is Jesus is walking along and he meets the man right where he is. So an encounter with God is always intentional. He never speaks to us unless there is an intention for him to get your attention. A lot of times, attention will come when you get hit in the head, that, as they used to say when I grew up, down to the white meat. Where you get your head busted wide open and finally you're willing to listen to what God wants to do in your life. But it is intentional. And guys, whether you're on the train or maybe you're sitting here saying, I haven't quite jumped on this train yet. The, I will tell you, it's still intentional. And if you're on the train, you speaking or ministering to others at a Walmart, at a Costco, at a gas station, when you're buying your own things, when you're in a hurry, is important because God is intending for you to meet people right where they are. As a chaplain, one of the challenges that I have is not to look up what somebody did after I didn't heard their sad story. Because they'll come tell me one story and then I go look at what they actually in prison for and I'm like, I don't know about this one. <laughs> right? Maybe they're trying to dupe me. Maybe they're just trying to make me feel sorry for them. Right? Because knowing what they've done sometimes can change how I treat them. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Same thing will apply to you. Because you see that person that you know been a fool, and as soon as you see them, in your eyes, instead of being the soul train, they still a fool. And we make assumptions on people's lives. And so I want to show you the assumptions we make. Look at what happens. Says Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was this because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Everybody say this word. Why? When we judge other people's lives on the why, all I would say is, how did you get in here? Why would God choose you? I sure wish I could. I sure wish I had some reality cameras that followed y'all around when you were around 21. You would be part of the cancer culture. I'm so glad they didn't have cell phones when I was out doing what I was doing. Because I'm in trouble. I'm telling you right now. If y'all here down the road, you know Pastor D took another church and there's 20,000 members, but uh-oh, somebody got a video from him from 92. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I tell you that now. I'm done. Because they're going to see some things that I was doing and the first question they be like, how in the world? Or no, why did we hire him? <laughs> Why is not important? Because there's a lot of whys in our lives. And guess what? Some of those whys will never even be answered or responded to because some of the decisions or choices or some of the circumstances you find yourself in, some circumstances, 
Yeah. I can admit. I did it. Some circumstances, I didn't have anything to do with it. It was just my lot in life. And God was going to figure out a way how to get glory out of my life, whether I put myself in the situation or I was born into a situation or I just had circumstances I could not control. And we've got to start understanding on this soul train, that's what it is. It's a conglomerate of many people who don't know who, who some of them did some things that got them in trouble. Some of them just showed up and trouble was there. And somehow God has to find or grab glory out of that person's life in spite of the circumstances that they are facing. Praise the Lord. Soul train. It's a soul train. We was born to ride this soul train. And guess what? Just like the scriptures I just showed you, Jesus has already prepared in advance what these people are going to do and the purpose that they will fulfill. He has already in advance. He knew that he had handpicked you and he knew what he was going to do to use your life in the lives of others. That's my God. Yes, it is. That's mine too. I praise God for that. Please go to my next one. But look at what they did. And we have to be very careful on this as well. But look, it's Jesus answers and he says, it wasn't because of his sins or his parents' sins. This is important because you understand that blindness was an issue that according to the law, there was something that happened either with you or your family to cause you to have that problem, right? And so Jesus wanted it to be clear this didn't happen because of some sin that his dad or mom did. This didn't happen because he decided to look at porn last night. This didn't happen because he decided to have some sexual relationship. This didn't happen because he was bitter and angry and mean to others. This did not happen because he didn't pray enough. This didn't happen because he didn't go to church enough. But he goes on and he says, but it happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Do you see what he says? He says, see in him. Remember last week and I told you God works from the inside to the what? Outside. And so, again, there's a work that God wants to do in your life, but that work will continually be on the inside. The outside will take care of itself. Again, you look at the train. The train is moving, but the only reason why that train is moving is based on what they're doing on the inside of that train, feeding that train, feeding that train cold so that the fire gets hotter and then the gases and all the, all the uh, 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 electronics or, or technical things happen to make that train move down those tracks. I'm here to tell you, if you feel stagnant in your walk with God, what are you feeding your inside? If you're not feeding your inside what needs to be fed, guess what? Your train going to get stagnant. Amen. Then, then your train going to break down. And then you're going to say, well, why is my train breaking down in the middle of my journey? Mm -hmm. 
because you got to feed the inside. And you cannot feed the inside with just dealing with you. I need you to understand something. We got to learn how to quit being so selfish. We so busy and selfish, we forget about the people that are around us. We forget that we should actually be actually speaking to people when we're in a store. But we so busy, we can't even see people. Because we got to get home. We got to get to our televisions. We got to get to the gas station. We got to get to mama's house. We got to pick up the kids here. And we get, we put these blinders on and we're not feeding others as we feed ourselves. It's hard to bless selfish people, guys. And I think that a lot of times the reason why we don't have a soul train that's packed up it's because we're too busy worried about ourselves Amen. and not worried about for those around us. And the truth is, we have to be concerned about souls around us yeah. as well. Look at this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's fault because of your love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. I think that we struggle sometimes, guys, in just doing this. Now, somehow, love has turned into let people do whatever they want to do. But we have to be very understanding. People are going to do what they want to do, right? You can't stop people from sinning, right? Can anybody stop you? Okay. But the issue is on the soul train, we have to also be humble and understand you didn't always be in the position you're in right now. Have you ever had a struggle that lasted more than a month, six months, a year, 10 years? Well, where is our humility and understanding as we minister to others? This struggle being on the soul train, we're all just alike. Somebody tried to, somebody told me this once because God has opened up a lot of doors in my life in terms of ministry, especially in Kokomo. And somebody asked me one time, how do you go, and this, I'm full disclosure, how do you go and talk to all these white guys? How do you do that? Because then they'll look at me in a prison and they'll say, well, you should be there. Because they'll be able to relate to you. Now, I could be offended by that if I wanted to, but I'm not. I get what they're saying, but it's just so untrue. Here's the issue. If we took all of our color off, we got blood running through our veins, right? Jesus' blood, right? That means I should be able to relate to everybody. And the same goes for you. You, ought to be, you can talk to anybody. Because talking about this walk is easy if you look at yourself and humble yourself to understand what you have become today. God is still working on that to be better tomorrow. But you know where you really came from when you struggle with the whole process. Amen. So being humble is at least looking at other people saying, I'm going to give you the same 10,000 chances that I got when I started my walk. I'm going to give you the same 25,000 opportunities to say I'm sorry like you just got. 
How many times have you sat in the church and, and the Lord brought it to your remembrance what you had done that week and you was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. And you walked out of church free. Right? You didn't tabulate that actual confession and asking God to forgive you. But the truth is that God's not tabulating it either. But he never expected you to forget how you got where you were. It came through grace and mercy. Everything you've ever done has been grace and mercy. And thank God he placed somebody in your life along this journey that didn't think you were just a jerk, but they believed something about you that was greater than even the behavior that you had. That's why I miss my mom. Because she was the only person who could always look at me, no matter where I was in my journey, and she saw me as something else. Even my wife don't. <laughs> but my mother always did that. And this is the very same way that God looks at us, and this is the very same attitude we have to have towards others. I'm almost done, guys. This is the hard part. But Jesus, wanting to heal this guy, he spits on the ground, he makes mud of the saliva and he spreads it on the man's eyes. Now, this is where I needed help from one of you guys. Because I wanted to go Talking about, we talking about the soul train. Right, did y'all hear what we talking about? We talking about the soul train. Where everybody in this room had to experience at some time. Jesus spitting on you to heal you. If I had really spit in my hand and wiped that spit on this young man, I'm sure <laughs> the sheriff. <laughs> and Reverend Markley would be up here throwing me on the ground and handcuffing me because there's a fight about to break out. Right? <laughs> but think about this. Jesus didn't pre-warn him. He never said, I'm going to heal you. This is what I'm going to do. He never says, I'm going to spit on you first. Get ready. Because here it comes. There was no preparation in it. He spit on him first, wiped it on his face, and then he gives the command after that. If you go to my next one, if you would. Trusting the process is difficult because as much as I made you laugh in the example I'm sure it's not funny when you're in your own super personal struggles and it feels like Jesus isn't healing you but causing you not to be able to see as bad as it already was. Because if I'm blind and you wipe the spit on me and I gotta try to look through the spit, it doesn't look all that hot. 
Are y'all with me? And there's something about the process of God healing the hearts and souls of men. And it is not always easy, and we can't forget about the times when God spent on us to heal us. So when we see others getting on this soul train, and it seems like they are discouraged, or they are upset, or disappointed in the walk, you got to understand, sometimes this happens so that they can be healed just like he healed you. I tell you what, no Christian is worth a quarter if they don't know how to go through something. Did y'all hear what I said? You're not worth a quarter if you can't go through nothing. Because that means you're just like the world. When it's bad, you bad. When it's good, you good. Anybody can do that. But it is when you learn how to go through and trust the process of Christ in your life then, even though it may be hurtful or painful, you are able to endure. I hate when people tell me to get over it. It's not get over it. It's ask God to carry me through it. Thank you. Amen. Go to my next one, if you would, as I close. And look what he tells them. He tells them, go wash yourself in the pool of Salome. Salome means sin. So the man went washed and he came back <laughs> seen. And the last part that I want to share with you, and if you go to the last one, we walk by faith and not by sight. And I just want to give you an example of what he did. The scriptures say he gives him a command. So here he has spit dripping off of his face. And he's told he has to go to the pool of Siloam. So now he has to walk to the pool of Siloam based on a word and the disappointment. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus could have just said you're healed, right? He didn't have to put spit on him first. He could have just said you're healed, his eyes would have opened, and it would have been over. But in order to get on this soul train and be able to walk with God while you ride the soul train, Here's what you have to do. Learn how to walk with your eyes closed. And you're walking with your eyes closed, trusting in what God said. Are y'all with me? So this is the real walk with God on the soul train. We're all on the train, trusting God like this. Just based on his word, based on his love, based on his character. I take more steps. I take more steps based off of the truth of what he has spoken into my heart and my spirit. This is the soul train. And those that we should be affecting, we cannot forget we're all walking the same way. That we're walking with him with our eyes closed. Our mouths shut, trusting in a word that God has spoken into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Can we pray right there? Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. And Lord, for those that are going to minister at their tables, Father, I pray that your word has shown something about our walk in getting on the soul train. We're all in here born to ride it. 
But now, Father, we need your help and assistance to trust the process as we walk with you. And so, Lord, I just ask that you continually to move upon the hearts of the table leaders and those men sitting around that table. For a man that walked in here today that is really struggling in his life, maybe he's so discouraged because, Father, you have used some spit to heal him. And, Lord, allow him to see that it was all meant for his good, that you're going to turn it around, that you really are going to show your glory through his life. And that, Father, as he walks through the pain and difficulty, Father, you're going to bring complete and total healing to his mind, his body, and his soul. And, Father, I just ask that you help us to not be as selfish. There are so many people around us that need to be on this soul train. Help us to be more open to pray for others and to speak to others so that they can see who you are, so that they can join this great soul train that you have developed for all of us to be a part of. And we just thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God bless, guys.